wonderful people said amen and amen we have a wonderful lord what a precious wonderful savior we have thank you for being with me today a very important teaching on making our election sure what does the bible say about that how do we do it lord bless your word to our hearts today establish each one of us mightily in your word and your word in us in your precious name jesus and god's people said amen now what is let's just ask this question first what is the new birth and the reason i say that is because many really have questioned are they really born again and i think a clear answer of what the new birth really is is found in 2 Peter 1. So let's all go to 2 Peter, the epistle of 2 Peter chapter 1, and let's read verse 4. This is really important because it's, this is a very clear definition of what is the new birth. Because people are questioning, am I really saved? How do I know? Well, here it is. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust so very clearly here it says in this amazing portion that the new birth is the impartation of a new nature by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. So God's own nature. To be born again, we actually become partakers of God's divine nature. We are born into this world with a corrupted intellectual and moral nature. Intellectually, we were blind to the truth of God and the things of the Spirit. But the minute you and I are saved, we literally partake of a new nature, God's own nature. Now, let's look at what the Bible says first, because we have to really understand what was our life like prior. And then we compare it, because some will say, well, how do I know I have partaken of God's divine nature? Well. You have to ask yourself, what was my life like prior to my salvation? So in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Re remember when we were not saved? we did not understand anything about the Lord. We could not understand anything about the Lord. We would open the Bible and read it, and it, it, it meant nothing to us. We could not understand it. That's the old nature. The new nature now, the change begins, and it begins slowly. We partake of the divine nature progressively. It's a process from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But we have to look at the change 
in our life. I remember the time when I went to church and listened to the priest or uh, someone read the Bible, which they did. It meant nothing to me. I grew up in Israel, imagine that, where the Lord walked that land, and yet to me, I could not understand it. Yeah, I, I, I read the Bible in school. It was mandatory to read the Bible in school, the Catholic school I attended, but it didn't change my life. I did not really understand what I was reading. Today I do. And I began to understand immediately when I got saved. Literally, the knowledge of God came to me the day I was born again. I was liberated from the blindness. This spirit that uh, Paul talks about, he says the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So spiritually, you and I were blind to the things of God. Now we can understand them. We can discern them. But let's also look at something else. What our life was like. What controlled our, our past life when we were not walking with, with the Lord. Uh, it says uh, in, in Galatians 5, here we, we are really g- uh, given a clear definition of what the old life was like. Now the works of the flesh, I'm reading Galatians 5, uh, uh, verse 19, right through verse 21, because we have to, we've got to, to look at it, because these things were a part of in all of our lives before salvation. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, unclean, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which is, of course, wickedness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have, also, as I have told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So you and I, these things were manifest in our life at one time, but now they're not. Slowly we were delivered from these things, and today we look back and think, look at the change in me. And, and we're amazed by what God has done. The things we used to hate, uh, uh, now we love. And the things we uh, love today, we used to hate. So the change has taken place in us. In, in, in Romans 5, 7, it talks about how God literally, uh, let's just look at Romans 8, 7. Listen to this, because this is a very familiar uh, uh, portion here. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. And, and we, were, we were blinded. Our minds were blinded. Our will was blinded. Now we are born again. The minute we are born again, what happens? Colossians 3.10 happens. And this is where the change really began. In Colossians 3 and verse 10, because I, I, I want to show you the difference now begin when one is converted and one is regenerated. There's a big difference between conversion and regeneration. Regeneration is permanent. See, someone can come to an altar and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. 
come into my heart. But a few days later, that sin in their life shows up again. That darkness shows up again. They can't seem to, to be steadfast in the Lord, and they fall away eventually. Why? Because they were converted but not regenerated. So this is important that you understand that. When it says make your election sure in the Bible, it says make sure you are regenerated. Regenerated, I'm gonna explain that. So I don't wanna rush it. But let's talk about how it begins. How it begins. Colossians 3.10 says, and put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge. Wow renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So the new man is renewed in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge that is after the image of God that created us. So now we begin to, to feel what God feels, love what God loves, hate the things God hates like sin, and we begin to, to will as God wills. So there's a, a definite change in us, and that is what regeneration is. Regeneration is when you literally begin to be changed and renewed in your spirit after the knowledge of God. You begin to think like God thinks. Again, renewed in knowledge after the image, after the image of God himself that created us. So we become more and more like the Lord. A lady came up to her pastor one day. She said, I'm bored. He said, why are you bored? Well, she said, it's the same songs I hear in church. It's the same sermons. It's the same altar calls. So the pastor said, well, what are you looking for? Well, I want joy, and I want peace, and I want the assurance I'm going to make heaven. And the pastor said, what else is there? That's a very uh, uh, f foolish question. What else is there? Christianity is not about joy and peace. It's more than that. It's not about, well, I want to make sure I get heaven. It's more than that. It's being transformed into the image of Jesus. That's what brings peace. That's what brings joy. That's what really gives us the assurance. So it's not about, well, I want peace in my life. I want to feel that joy. I want to make sure I make heaven. That's not real Christianity. That's the beginning of Christianity. But real Christianity is changing daily into the image of the Lord, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. We are being transformed by the Holy Spirit, and that's what makes the Christian life exciting, not boring. Anyone who's bored is not truly being changed. So that's what I mean by someone converted says, well, I want joy and peace and I want to make sure I make heaven because I prayed a prayer at the altar and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. But there's no change in them. Why? They have not partaken of the divine nature. And it begins with the knowledge of God 
filling our hearts. Not knowledge, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Him. Now, let's look at 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, chapter 3. And now notice how here, you know, uh, John talks about how we have passed from death unto life because of what? Watch this. And we know that we have passed from death unto life. I'm reading 1 John 3, 14. Because we love the brethren, and he that loveth not his brother abides in death. So when the change begins, and the knowledge of God comes into our hearts, we, we, we begin to love the people of God. We love God's people. We love as God loves. We feel as God feels. We will as God wills. Because when people hate each other and hate other believers, there's something wrong. There's something very wrong. In, in, uh, in John, well, let's look at 1 John 4, 7 and 8. And that's how you know, by the way, that the change has begun. Because you can say, I love the Lord that I don't, you know, but you can't see the Lord. But how can you love God and hate your brother is what the Bible asks. So how can you say, well, I love the Lord, but I can't stand this guy here. So, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, 1 John 4, 7. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So knowing the Lord results in loving the brethren, loving the saints, not attacking them, not speaking evil of them, not wanting to harm and hurt them. It's loving them, forgiving them, being good to them. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, verse 8. How amazing and how simple that to be regenerated means we we partake of the divine nature. And how does it begin? With the knowledge of God changing us. Colossians 3 says that. So beautiful. And verse 10. So we are changed by the knowledge of God as we read his word. And now the first sign, the first thing that happens in us is we, we begin to love our brothers and sisters, even if we don't know them. There's an amazing love in us for the, for the church, for God's people. We're family. Even when you meet someone on the street and you know they are saved, a joy erupts in you. You want to talk to them and, 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 and just you know, tell them how much you love them. And, and be, you know, just there's, there's, a, there's a oneness with them. Many times when I have flown on, on planes or I, I was somewhere and someone was there who was a Christian born again, oh, we, it's like you've known them all your life. And you, you're, you're united in the faith. It's precious. It's beyond, it's beyond the natural. And so the Bible says it, it, it's so amazing that, that you, you really begin to know what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, that we, we are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. So let, let me say this. True, the, the new birth, true regeneration, is a deep, ongoing change. 
in the deepest springs of our hearts, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. It's a deep change within us, within our hearts, within our thinking, within our feelings, within our actions. Because now, like in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, we are a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. And that, let's look at that. I know, you know, you sweet people know it by heart. But let's just go and look at it again. Because I think it's so important to read the word, not just hear about it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, notice, in Jesus. It's not about Jesus in us, just, just in us. We are in him. If any man be in Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. It's a oneness with the Lord that brings about a oneness with his, with his people. So, when we, when, 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 we are, when we are born again, we are quickened. Uh, Ephesians 2 and 1 says, we literally come out of the dead. We, 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 we come out of death, spiritual death. It says, and you hath he quickened, Ephesians 2, 1, who were dead in trespasses and sins. We come alive in the Lord. We, we become partakers of his life. Now, there's a big difference, like I said earlier, between conversion and regeneration. Conversion is really an outward thing. It's a turning around. Think about someone facing the wrong way and now they turn around towards God and they they look at the Lord. That is what it means to be converted. But regeneration is, is very different because it's a, a thorough, ongoing change in the deepest depth of our hearts that leads really to a genuine change in and out, inward and outward, because, you know, people can come to the Lord, but often, sadly, it's temporary. They come and then they walk away. But regeneration is permanent. So conversion is temporary sometimes with people. They say, Lord, come into my heart. I'm sorry for my sin, but they don't stay. And, and, and today, look at the great falling away. Because those who fall away have not been regenerated, converted, yes, but not regenerated because regeneration is permanent. And when the Bible says, make your election sure, it says, make sure you're regenerated. So when God imparts his nature, that nature abides. So that nature is what regenerates us. Remember what we read in Peter? We become partakers of the divine nature. It begins with Colossians 3. His knowledge changes us. Now we love the brethren. The change begins so easily and simply, and we know we are changed because we love God's people. We'll never attack God's people. We'll never speak ill of God's people. 
we forgive God's people. We are one with God's people. And when we see them, our hearts leap for joy. And so, when one is born again, that change begins. That's true new birth. New, I mean, it's, it's, it's true regeneration. So, um, someone can be converted a thousand times, but he can be regenerated only one time. So think about the importance of regeneration. Let's look at 1 John 3 and verse 9. And I'm going to continue with this because I really want to talk about this. There's so much in the Bible about this. I want to show you the results. Like what do you look for to know that you're growing, to know that you're changing? We'll talk about that tomorrow. How do we know we are in that process of regeneration? I'll give you seven things to look at to say, yep, yeah, this is happening to me. Yes, this is happening to me. Yes, this is No, I still need to work on this one. And you ask God, Lord, I want to I want to I want to really live this kind of life because it's a, it's a fellowship. It's it's a cooperation with the Lord. It's surrender daily to him. First um, John 3 9. This is really important. I know, you know, um, well, let me just read this and then I'll say what what I was going to say. Whosoever this is first John 3 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he's born of God. Now, when someone is born again, he cannot be unborn. He cannot go back and sin like he used to. So whoever is born of God cannot say, tomorrow I'm going to steal Tomorrow I decide and plan to lie. Tomorrow I'm going to do such, such, such that they know is sinful. That's what, what, what our life was like before salvation. Where we would decide, well, I'm going to go lie to my boss. I'm going to do this and that again, so and so. So a, a, someone who is not born again plans to sin. Someone who is born again cannot plan to sin. Now, we all sin. We all fall short, of course. But we, we don't plan it. It's not something you plan to do. You plan to do evil or wickedness. You don't plan it. So that's what it means. Whoever is born of God doth not commit sin, meaning they don't plan to sin. They, they don't make it a practice, you see? Because their seed remains in him. And that's what I mean by conversion and regeneration. Those who say, well, I'm converted, but they still love their old life, they love their sin, they haven't been free yet or changed from the old life, then they go back to it very quickly when that life calls. And it's, it's possible to go back, and the Bible says so, be, be not conformed to this world, you know, but be transformed by the knowledge of God, the renewing of your mind. That's what regeneration is. And it's our decision. We decide to... To, to go deeper. We decide to follow. Look, Jesus said, come unto me. But he also said, follow me. It's, it's good to come, but will you, will you follow? What did he say? He said, follow me. Not just come. So come unto Jesus. Fine. But you have to follow. 
a disciple follows. A disciple, a true Christian follows. He doesn't just come. So the Lord says, come unto me, all you who labor are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Everyone wants that. But then what what did the Lord say in addition? He said, follow me. Carry your cross and follow me. This is where people say, "Mm, I'm not sure if I want to do that. Well, then you're not going to be changed. It begins with coming to the Lord. And many thousands have come to him. In many of our meetings, by the hundreds of thousands. In fact, millions have come to the Lord. But how many have followed him? What did Jesus say to Peter, even after Peter knew him? Think about it. Before the Lord ascended to heaven, he looked at Peter and said, follow me. And to, to the others, follow me. When he said to John, I was just reading it, in fact, today, when, 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 when he said, you know, what is it if I let him live till I come back and they thought that John would not die? And the Lord kind of cleared it up. He said, no, no, your job is not to worry about what I said to him. You follow me. All you do is you do your job. You follow. And follow means commitment, growth, change, partaking of the divine nature, and so much more. All right. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to show you seven results that, you, that you'll know them. You'll have that assurance. So let's have that assurance, making our election sure. I'll show you seven things tomorrow that the Bible says that will show you you're on the way. Lord, thank you for your wonderful word. To you be all the praise, the glory, and the honor. To whom shall we go, Lord? You have the words of life. We give you all the praise. And yes, Lord, I pray that every one of us will follow all the way. No turning back. We give you the praise. Unto him that's able to keep you from falling and present you and all of us with exceeding joy, blameless before him. To him be all the praise. Our trust is in the Lord, not in our own hearts or self. Thank you again for being with me. And now it's time to sow seed in the Lord's work. You know, sowing seed, and I tell you that every day almost when I'm with you. Sowing seed, it's God's command. Sowing seed in in the Lord's work is so precious that we would love him so much to obey him in that too. So if, if, if you and I want to prosper, and I know you do, there's three things that the Word of God says we have to do. Number one, we have to love the Lord. It says in Proverbs that I may cause them who love me to inherit substance. Number two, we have to receive his word. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth and then you'll succeed and prosper. Number three, we have to obey. And that's the tough one. We have to obey. As long as they obeyed, it says, Job 36, 11, as you obey and serve him, you'll spend your days in prosperity. So obedience is key. We have to obey. Think about Peter preaching a sermon 2,000 years ago, saying to the church, the, the young church, in Jerusalem to sell their property and to bring that money to the Lord's work, to the church. 
You preach that today, they'll throw rocks at you, maybe worse. But Peter understood that by giving, they receive. By giving, they'll be blessed. And Ananias and Sapphira held back what they promised to give to the Lord. And you know what happened to them. Giving is a serious matter. Obedience, God looks at it and blesses those who are obedient. God loves a cheerful giver because that cheerful giver is an obedient giver. And there's no way that I know to be blessed financially without giving. We sow seed in the Lord's work continually. It's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. And we sow seed continually. Maybe not every day because you sow as you're able to. But when, but when you obey, it doesn't matter what the amount is. God will reward you with untold blessings. Lord, bless them as they give. Prosper them as you promised. Meet every need in their life financially. I give you the praise, Lord. Everything will turn out all right as they obey you now, Lord. Bless them. Pour your blessings financially upon them as you promised in your wonderful word. To you be all the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right, you, you can give today on the platform. You're watching me on. You can give by going to our website, benhin.org, or simply by text, BHM45777. And as you give, remember, you'll be, you'll be helping me to do what I'm doing every day, coming to you in ministering the word of God to you. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.